Time now for the Redbird Report podcast with the TV voice of the cards, Danny Mack, and Cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. The Redbird Report podcast on 101 ESPN. I'm Dan McLaughlin. That is Brad Thompson. And we're coming to you from Atlanta after a couple of long nights as the road trip continues for the St. Louis Cardinals. They dropped two or three against the Phillies. They dropped the opener last night, six to three. Long game, two hours, 37 minute rain delay. And the Cardinals dropped the first of four against the Atlanta Braves. And BT, always good to visit with you. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. You're right. It has been a couple of uh, long nights. We got into uh, Atlanta at probably 3 or so in the morning and then a late one last night and uh, look I, I will tell you this though when we were talking about it afterwards it felt like a totally different ball game after 2 hours and 37 minutes uh, last night so look uh, you looked at uh, the game where Dakota Hudson he struggled mightily and we'll get into some Dakota Hudson we get into the state of the rotation but after that rain delay you got Kyle Wright out of the game for Atlanta, who looked really good, and that guy has turned a corner. You talk about making adjustments, right? And you talk about guys that blossom a little bit later. That's kind of been him. He was a guy that got to the big leagues in within a year of being drafted, the first one from his 2017 draft class to make it to the big leagues, bounced back and forth, and had a lot more time at AAA last year that really benefited him. But you got him out of the ball game with the delay. You were able to get to Jesse Chavez, a couple of home runs. Juan Yepes got one. I uh, love to see Connor. Capel get his first major league home run. I enjoyed watching a gentleman try to fish that thing out of the water in dead center field uh, to, to get that uh, trinket here for for Capel. But it was uh, it was a different game, and at the end of it, you were that swing of the bat away from winning that ball game or tying that ball game, uh, or at least giving yourself the the opportunity to do so. So at the very least, it was an entertaining game. It was entertaining, and and one of the guys that uh, has caught my attention, and maybe it's just because. It's a, a state guy, if you will, in James Nail, but he is earning now every opportunity that he's getting. And so after Oviedo was hit with the comebacker, and that was, scary. That was very, very scary. And, and obviously, uh, we're all thankful that the x-rays were negative. But James Nail comes in. He had pitched the night before. Uh, he's now made uh, a handful appearances, and he's going to stick. He's a ground ball guy. He throws a ton of strikes. That's what you want in this particular year of the St. Louis Cardinals. There's not a lot of swing and miss in that staff, and Nail is is part of that. But uh, I like what I've seen uh, with from him. So that's one of the positives I think we draw from uh, at least initially on this trip. I'm with you. Nail's been in three games so far. It's been four and two-thirds. He's only given up two hits, punched out two last night in uh, two-plus innings of work, and he looks confident in his abilities. This isn't some young kid. He's 29 years old. He's been waiting for this opportunity. As you mentioned, he's been waiting for the opportunity with the birds on the bat his entire life. Spent most of his career uh, in the athletics organization, and he's taking advantage of opportunity. And if there's like a a motto to this year for the Cardinals, I think that's it. Like, <laughs> opportunity away. You know, there, there have been so many spots where you say, can this guy fill in? Brandon Donovan, opportunity. Boom, he ran with it. Juan Yepes, opportunity. He ran with it. Nolan Gorman, he's running with it. Andre Pallante, who's on the mound. We'll talk about him. But James Nail is another one. When you watch this stuff come out of his hand, I see a sinker at 92-93 that really eats up right-handed batters. He's got a sweeping slider. He's got a bigger curveball. He even mixed in a changeup last night. 
and he pitches with confidence within the strike zone. If you're Ollie Mar- Marmol, if you're Mike Maddox, that's what you want. You want a guy that goes out there with some stones and says, here it comes. Like, hey, I'm letting it rip, and that's what he does. Now, on the other side, it's Dakota Hudson, and it's, again, a game in which he doesn't go deep. Uh, he's walking guys. He's not been efficient. Now, he does have six wins on the year, but it's misleading to the point of, well, Miles being five and six. Yes. So it's not always the record indicative of how well or maybe not how productive you've been on the mound. Right now, that's the case with Hudson. This rotation is in a little bit of trouble. So Hudson last night struggled. You got Matthew Liberatore scheduled to go later in the week. He did not look good over the weekend against the Phillies. That's not sustainable for a winning club. It's going to beat up a bullpen, and you need to have guys go deeper into games. So my question to you is, what is the state, from your opinion, of the uh, rotation of the Cardinals right now? Uh, opportunity, I guess. Yeah. Is that what we're going to go back to at this point? The, the problem is right now... Uh, I don't know who is available. Like, who are you calling for right now if you're Mo? You're calling Arizona. You're digging in on all their starters, whether it be, you know, finding out what it uh, costs to get Merrill Kelly or if it's Mad Bum or, or you know, whoever that ends up being. Pablo Lopez is the name that's been thrown around. They're going to want a ton for the Marlins uh, for their right-handed starter who's does still Mad got Bum, some cost control. Madison Bumgarner, is he intrigue Dude, you? right now he does. I, yeah. Like, the, the thing about Madison Bumgarner is you know that after this year, you're going to have some bad money on there. I mean, depending on how much you take on with his deal, because he's, he's owed another, I believe it's like 23 or $24 million next year, and the following year he's owed another 14 So, I mean, you're still on the hook uh, for him. But I look at this rotation right now, and I look at this nucleus of this team, and I truly do believe that they have an offense that can win. I do believe, and, and by the way, they need to start pulling the rope a little bit harder, too. Uh, but I think that this is a team that you know you can win the division with, and I really do believe with solidifying this pitching staff a little bit, you can make a run. And Madison Bumgarner's just been one of those guys that in his career, he stepped up at the bigger moments. And he yeah. is a bulldog. You talk about different guys. We're talking about Nail, who just goes out there and throws a ball. Matt Bum's not overpowering. You can't tell him that. He pitches as if he is. Now, you look at the peripherals, right? Look at all the batted ball info. It ain't great on Madison Bumgarner. And you Bumgarner. have two more years after this or three? Two more after yeah. this one, I believe. Right. So, look, it's uh, it's probably risky, but it's worth the phone call. And that's the thing right now. Like You have to be unturning every stone right now, figuring out how you solidify this rotation. You win into this year expecting Jack Flaherty to be a bigger part of things. Now, that might have been uh, a, a difficult thing to expect after how he came back l- last year. You and I have talked quite a bit about his last couple of outings when he came back out of the pen. The dude didn't look the same. The arm had dropped. Uh, the velocity was a little bit different. Didn't have the same ride on the pitches. And then due to the lockout, there was no ability to talk to the club in the offseason, tell you how he's feeling. You show up to spring training and you don't have Jack Flaherty. But you also went into this offseason without knowing about my Miles Michaelis, like, how could you? How could you, after nine starts in the last two years, know what he was going to be? Now, it turns out Miles Michaelis has been one of the better starters in the National League, and, it, and you have needed him big time, uh, but you had Dakota Hudson questions. He's coming off of, of Tommy John, limited to just two outings last year. Like, there were a lot of question marks that you really only answered with Drew Verhagen, who has not been an answer. You know, Drew Verhagen currently on the IL with a shoulder issue as he tries to work back, but he struggled at the big league level. You find yourself in an area where you don't have depth where you truly need it and you got to find it somewhere yeah you do no question about it so Palante going tonight and then you have Michaelis going in game three Libertor scheduled 
in pencil, I would think, for game four, depending on how things are, are going to shake out when we get to the ballpark today. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see the back end of this uh, this road trip in this series. And then it doesn't get any easier. The Phillies in town, you have the Dodgers and then Cincinnati, and then the all-star break is here. Let's, let's dive into Palante a little bit. He's had back-to-back starts now with 13 ground ball outs. Yes. Uh, he is now a legitimate starter for you. It has hurt your bullpen because you had to take a guy that was really a weapon coming out of the bullpen to get you to the big three, uh, but that had to change because of what was going on with your rotation. Now he's in your rotation. He's been awfully good. I, I love what I see when this guy's on the mound. It's poise again. Like, this is a guy that's coming into every single game and just knowing that he belongs there, and it's not a lot of messing around. And, look, it's not like Palante is strike one, strike two, strike three. Like, that's not exactly who he is. His fastball, I, I would call it effectively wild. It's kind of around the zone, but then he's got those two different breaking balls that he can throw in there for strikes, and he's getting a ton of weak contact. You mentioned all the ground ball outs. He's got over a 65% ground ball rate. That's right. I mean, I think that there's only one pitcher in baseball, maybe two. I think Framber Valdez and Logan Webb are up there around that high, but like that's exactly uh, where, where he finds himself. With the defense that this Cardinal team has... That's huge, you know, and he knows. He knows throw, throw strikes, pitch to contact. I remember a start that he had, and I want to say it was against uh, Cincinnati, potentially, that the results were still good for him, but he kind of took himself to task a little bit and said, look, the walks are unacceptable. It was too many out there. I can't be doing that. Uh, and it was against the Cubs. He went four innings against I remember the Cubs the game, yeah. and, and walked four. So, and he said, look, that's, that's not okay. He only gave up one run. In that ball game, could have just said, "Look, yeah, it's a, my my uh, second start or whatever it ended up being. It's fine. I'll work through it." And he was angry about it. And we've seen him now go out recently. He went seven innings his last time out. This is a guy that just made the the ball club uh, right at the end of spring training. Last guy in that bullpen, and now he finds himself. If, Dan, if I were starting a playoff series. Right now, well, you'd have to look at him and be at one or two. He's he's there, like yeah. he, he's right there for me. If I got to pick three starters, Palante's absolutely in there. I'm going. Michaelis, Wayne, Palante yep. are going to be the three guys, and I, I don't think that that's where you expect it to be. But the, the hard part with that is, Dan, it is July right now. So we're talking about a few months down the road where this is a young pitcher that has not built up a ton of innings over the last couple of years. How do you keep him fresh at the back end? Like, I still feel like you need other starters to be able to take some of the brunt off of him. And Libertor, same thing's going to happen to him if he turns the corner and starts looking good. He did not look good his last outing uh, against the Phillies. He looked defeated early. Like, his fastball command wasn't there. Breaking ball popping out of his hands. Made a ton of mistakes up in the zone. Like, you have all these young guys that you're, you're leaning on, but how do you keep them fresh for the biggest game? Well, and you're not even talking about a 41-year-old at the end of August and father time gets all of us right and i'm not saying it's going bueno. i'm i'm not saying it's catching up with wayno yet but that's something that you have to keep in the back of your mind if you're the cardinals is that is this sustainable with wainwright and right now it is i mean he's been that way and he's figuring out ways to get through it so you're hopeful with that. And also, Michael is coming off of uh, basically two years in which he didn't pitch, and now you're leaning on him a lot. So those are a lot of what-ifs. Again, it can go in your favor, too, which is something to uh, to think about moving forward. I wanted to, as be before we wrap this thing up, um, we're seeing now 
the Phillies, the Atlanta Braves. We've seen the Mets. Uh, we're seeing the American League East. And the Cardinals are not stacking up well against those teams. So when we get home on Thursday, it's another stretch of baseball at home. I think it's one of the most important stretches of the season for the Cardinals when they get home on Friday night. We talked about this as a test, right? Like this is a test for this ball club uh, club as they go against some of these NL East foes. And uh, a lot like a bunch of tests in my uh, educational career. Uh-huh. Uh, not going great. Not great. <laughs> Walk into it's like, did I study for this? Oh my gosh. You got to have somebody you can lean on or lean over their shoulder and take a look at what the smart guy's doing. Boy, it's a little bit more difficult in baseball it really to do is. that when you're trying to get 26 guys on a roster I to figure cheat. it all out. Yeah. Like, there is no, there is no. no beating that guy. Either you got it or you don't. No, but you're right. It is. It's important to be able to solidify things. And I also think it's very important right now, not that, like, you're not going to learn anything in the next week, I don't believe, that you didn't know. I don't well, you're going to get O'Neill back. You're going to get Bader back. That's going to help. It's huge. Yeah. It is huge. By the way, uh, you know, talk about those two guys specifically. If you had those two guys, maybe yesterday's game's a little bit Agreed. different because there was a ball uh, that Dansby Swanson hit that ended up falling in between Brendan Donovan, who was playing left, Dylan Carlson in center, and you and I both looked at each other afterwards. And said, I think O'Neill's got that. Yeah, like because he, he's he's Gold Glover and he's got that closing speed. Donovan's a guy that's bounced all over the place. Your outfield defense is going to be a little different when those guys are there. The other thing, too, and I know a lot of fans back home, uh, and, and we get people tweeting at us or asking about us, uh, asking this to us all the time, is Yachty. And uh, they, they signed and brought in uh, Austin Romine to the organization, made his debut last night. My anticipation is that we will see him at some point in the second half. And I was looking at some numbers, barring anything happening uh, in a negative manner with Adam Wainwright, so saying that he starts and and is healthy enough they would set the all-time record if he is back by august and ready to play and i and by the way i said ready to play so not just back by august but he's there and he's active and he's a part of your team my gut tells me he is going to be back he'll finish up the season with the cardinals and then that'll be it i don't know where you stand on that but that's my gut feeling i just can't see this being a year where he misses the rest of it yeah like like that just isn't uh that isn't him so he needed some time to get his body right and build back up to this now a lot of this is going to be predicated upon what he's doing you know Mm -hmm. like like how much he's putting into to i mean he's rehabbing right so there's only your you have limitations but how quickly can he snap himself back into that playing shape and be out there and and look I don't expect him to be out there four out of every five days. I expect him to be out there a couple days a week yep. when he ends up coming back. I think that that's kind of where he, he's going to fit unless he starts going on a roll, feels a lot better. You're going to have to be very careful with how you utilize him. Uh, but I, I think that you need that presence back. I really I do. do too. I, I think that you need that guy. And his that, defense. I mean, I know he's not swinging the bat well, wasn't, but... None of your catchers are. That's right. And there's been some deficiencies with the defense with some of the guys they've had, and that's why they want... Herrera to go down to the minor leagues with a specific program in mind to work on things that they witnessed here at the big league level. Now go work on X, Y, and Z. But uh, And that's the same thing with Kisner, too. You know, it's been uh, kind of a, a, a situation where he's thrust into being the number one. Hasn't worked out great. Hasn't hit. But also on defense, they're looking for a little bit more production there, too. you got to do something. Like yeah. There's got to be something that provides value at the position. So if you're raking, maybe you overlook some of the pitches at That's the bottom right. of the strike zone that aren't sucked up into the zone. You're not as quiet, if you will, behind the plate. That's uh, Quiet is a term. When you watch Yachty behind the plate on quiet. anything that's on a corner, he, there's very little movement. You watch some other guys, there's a lot of movement for an umpire. 
umpire that makes it difficult to to uh, give you the strike call. But there's got to be something there that you are bringing that added benefit. And if not, they're going to try to find somebody that is. All right, buddy. Thanks for doing this. Always fun. Always fun. Let's do it again soon. All right. Maybe tomorrow. Fine. Maybe tomorrow. That's BT. I'm Danny Mack, the Redbird Report on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Redbird Report podcast with the TV voice of the cards, Danny Mack, and cards World Series champion Brad Thompson on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.